0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And we are back. This is Real Presence Live, and you're probably putting in your credit card right now to sign up for that Redeemed conference at Fargo Diocese forward slash Redeemer, Fargo Sashley's. Ugh, boy, my, my mouth just went to sleep. org forward slash Redeemer. Um, so you're probably like, oh, I just got the last number and you messed me up. I'm not going to start all over again. But we want you to register today because as we just talked to Dr. Mary Healy, she's going to be a great guest. A lot of great things going on here. What did I say? Redeemer? Did I? org forward slash Redeemed redeemed brad's uh, brad gray in the studio here keeping me on the straight and narrow good morning brad good morning, <laughs> i don't know if it's straight but on the narrow i'm well, not narrow it's like how do you keep me anywhere huh
1: <laughs> it's a challenge that's what the sure. lord says on my <laughs> yeah. wife
0: my lord and my wife are always talking about uh, how to keep me on the straight and narrow yeah. but uh, thanks for being here with us this morning
1: thanks for having me guys
0: yeah so we're going to talk a little bit about uh the ministries men's ministries going on here in the diocese give us a little bit of background there brad
1: Okay, great. Well, thank you guys for for having me this morning. I'm uh, Brad Gray. I'm the Director of Marriage and Family Life for the Diocese of Fargo. Uh, We've been working now since, uh, I think, 2016 on the Made for Greatness Men's ministry. That was kind of an outcome, a fruit of the uh, 2016 Made for Greatness Men's Conference. And as we were working on the planning for that, we realized, you know, it's great to have these kind of boosts, you know, the, the ways that you encounter the Lord. But so often uh, the challenge is to, to carry that forward as we go home and go back into our normal routine and so so on. And so there had been kind of a desire at that conference as we are getting late into the planning to, to try to do something to help cultivate uh, men's groups in parishes throughout the diocese of Fargo. Um, but we realized that we are kind of – the timetable was too tight. So the plan shifted to working on building something up post-conference to to see what we could do to kind of help cultivate and facilitate uh, opportunities for men to band together as bands of brothers, as men of God that are looking to support and encourage and challenge one another in growing in their relationship with the Lord. And so that's kind of where the the Made for Greatness men's ministry was born out of that initial effort. And so it's been a great thing we've been working on. You know, you and Tom and I and and various others have been working on that now for, um, I suppose, six years uh, Directedly um, And there have been some really great fruits That have come out so far
0: Yeah, we're uh, kind of honored to be part of the work That the Lord is, is doing uh, And uh, Tom, you're kind of a driver in the men's ministry mm-hmm. As you just mentioned the story uh, That the Lord has just been hollering at you for years
2: Yeah, well it, I, the, the That relationship that Brad talked about With men was something that's a significant part Of what I would call my my reversion To the faith And, and I ne- I needed to to be around better men and therefore become become a better man myself. So it's, it was about eight years ago where I heard that that calling or that tugging at my heart uh, to, to really get back and, and get to know Jesus Christ. And uh, and one day I was just hearing the bishop talk about this Made for greatness Men's ministry at, at another event, and I, I said, I, I need to get involved. And the Holy Spirit told me I need to get involved, and it's, it's been an amazing uh, six-year
0: journey. And uh we just recently had a men's leadership summit uh here and uh, we're joined this morning also by Josh Guler. Good morning, Josh. Good morning. And you're coming to us from New Rockford, is that correct? That is correct. And uh, you you were part of that uh, men's uh, leadership summit uh at Sticklestad we had back in July. Um but uh so what got you there? Let's start there. What got you to come to that uh uh, two questions actually what got you there and why did you say yes
3: well what got me there was uh several men from my parish in rockford have attended uh, your previous um, summit and uh, they've talked about it uh and including people you wouldn't think that would have went and they've come back and told me that you know the grace they experienced from this event and so i mean I was on the fence about going for sure. I was very apprehensive about going to this event. And Father Reese Weber was really a push for me to, to attend this. And uh, we had started a uh, our own, uh, we called it a book club, but our own men's ministry event, our group. And uh, uh, Father Reese had talked to us about the whole time about coming to this event. And I had said yes about, you know, months in advance. And then when it came time to actually go, I was very apprehensive. I did not want to, you know, I didn't know what to expect of it. Uh, I was very nervous so much so that I was getting calls, uh, from other attendees. I, I took three, four calls to offer me a ride to the event and I think they were all worried I was going to back out last <laughs> minute. So I was getting these offers to drive me there and I wouldn't let them. I drove myself because I still felt like I needed that security blanket apparently. But you know, once I, once I got to the event, I, those fears quickly went away. Everyone was really welcoming. Um, I, you know, once the, the content started, it, it was, all that feeling went away very quickly. But I mean, to be honest, the reason why I said yes is because Father Reef, you know, I respect him a lot and he had asked me to go. So that's, that's my story.
0: Well, I think that's a great reminder um, for all of our pastors out there that, you know, oftentimes those, I mean, those, those even just in general leadership, there are people who are looking for that encouragement, right? Yes. Um, and, and asking for that invitation. Talk a little bit about that, Brad. Yeah, you know, The importance yeah. of encouragement and invitation.
1: That's what, that's what we found, you know, at the diocesan level is that oftentimes, you know, it, we can take a very passive approach to inviting people, putting things in parish bulletins or sending out emails and that sort of thing. And um, there's something... I mean, that, that's a, a way of communicating information, right? But there's something very, very different when someone looks you in the eye and says, I think you should come to this. Like, there's there's something I see in you that makes me think that the Lord might be calling you. And uh, that's a powerful experience. When someone uh, identifies you as someone that, um, that God might have a, a particular plan for. And we've, we've certainly been seeing that. I mean, we had... there are so many great guys that attended the the men's leadership summit. We had about 40 guys from 13 different parishes with the desire of um, getting men's groups started in the parishes or building upon what they already had. Um, And there are guys there that had just really begun practicing their faith at the beginning of the year. And they went home immediately afterwards and were praying with their family for the first time. And it was just, it was, I've been hearing some really, really powerful stories about, you know, how people have been impacted By just encountering the Lord in an event like this
0: yeah your mouth is being like mine this morning too
1: (laughs) must be the studio let's play it on that let's play it on that let's play
0: it on that yeah it's just i think that's such a great a great point i like that where you're looking somebody in the eye and saying hey i think you'd be great at this i mean we do things like volunteer sign up forms Mm -hmm. i don't remember in scripture where jesus just kind of walked down the beach with a sign saying come follow me if you want to
1: just had flyers (laughs) putting up on posts yeah here's a flyer here's a flyer here's
0: a flyer uh he, he came up
2: to people and said follow me right how important is that tom i mean that's a Oh, absolutely. And because it, it, it means something if people see something in you. Hmm. Uh, and like we talked about at the men's leadership, something that, that men, are, men are starving for relationship. And, and here already is, is someone else that has, has taken the courage to step out in relationship and said, you know, Josh, I think, I think you need to go to this. I think you need to go and, and be part of this. Someone already cares about you enough uh, to ask you to enter into that, that deeper relationship, not only with them, but with, with Christ.
0: And Josh, you mentioned that as you're coming to this conference, you kind of got apprehensive, you wanted to drive yourself, so you had that security blanket, that independence that you could maybe escape if you had to, perhaps. Um, and, and you said it kind of went away quickly. What, what helped uh, to relieve the, the stress? What were some of the things that really stood out to you were like, okay, I belong here, as you, as you got to the, the site there for the Men's Leadership Summit? Well,
3: you know, one of the things that was talked about at the summit was um, I felt like I didn't belong there. Um, I, of course, grew up in a Catholic family, and I attended church every week. And uh, then I went to college, and I, I fell off. I, I did. I, I, went, I lost my way for a while. And um, as I kind of got things back together as a young adult, I, I started going. I got married, and I started going to church regularly again. And uh, I thought I had gotten back, but I definitely didn't feel like I was at the level um, to go to a, something like this going to be sitting there with deacons and priests and, you know, uh, employees of the diocese. And I just didn't feel like I I was, that's where my apprehension was coming from. I knew that. And they got talked about at the the summit that, uh, what those feelings were. And, you know, like I said, once I got there, um, first thing I was there is I I walked into a cabin with everyone, a bunch of people that I was familiar with. And that helps a lot. Walked down to the Sickleshead Lodge, uh, facility and uh there was like a a mixer a social and instantly just visited everyone like normal like it, it immediately made me feel I'd you and then the speakers started and uh, the content was like speaking to me directly i think uh um uh we did um uh lots of content and i went into we did uh Adoration, rosary, mass, confession, and it was like putting in work, and uh, there was no time there for other feelings. Um, I didn't know what to expect when I went to it, but I definitely feel like I left there like motivated and full of grace.
0: You know, I think a couple of lines there things you stood out, stood out to me, Josh. As you mentioned there, one of one of our themes for uh, one of the scripture themes for this uh, leadership summit was Luke five eight, where Peter says to the Lord, "Leave me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man." And because he was so at awe at what Christ was doing. And I think that's one of the things we see as men, right? As you mentioned to Joshua, I was, I was unworthy. I mean, I'm seeing the good work that the Lord's is doing, and he's like, if he, if he finds out who I really am, he's not going to like what he sees, right? But we have to recognize the Lord knows who we are long before he even called us. I knew you when, I, when you were standing under the fig tree, right? He knows us when he calls us, and we say to him, Lord, leave me, I'm a sinful man. He's like, rise up you're going to become fishers of men. Mm. Um, it's an invitation. He doesn't, he doesn't recoil from that invitation. Um, and so I think that's, that's Satan. Who's, he's trying to stop us and say, you are unworthy of this. And the answer to that is, you're right, I am unworthy. Mm. But the Lord loves me beyond my unworthiness and loves me into uh, the ability. And as you mentioned, Josh, too, that the Lord, then from that point, the Lord just provides everything. Everything speaks to us. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to continue this conversation. This is Real Presence Live. Uh, and we're talking about the men's leadership summit that we had here in July. But also just generally uh, the need for men to return to Christ and not be afraid. Yes, we are unworthy That's okay. Just say, yes, I am unworthy, but the Lord wants to work with the unworthy. So we will come back, our unworthy selves, on the other side of the break and continue this conversation. This is Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.
2: God made you for a purpose. He made you to accomplish some great work. What did He make you for? What were you really made to do? Realize your vocation with a degree designed for the Catholic professional. The University of Mary offers online undergraduate and graduate degrees steeped in the Catholic intellectual tradition. Start today in business, nursing, bioethics, education, counseling, applied theology, and more at catholicprofessional.life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street in the new Diocesan Building or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco.
4: God's blessings to you all. And as all of you out in Radio Land listen to Real Presence Radio, what a great gift it is for every one of us as we're in the car traveling That we learn something about our love for Jesus Something about the great gift He has given us through His holy family Which is the church Or we also get to find something out More deeply about our own self That we come to know that we are made In God's image and likeness And the great gift that we have Is made and loved by by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So continue to listen to this wonderful radio station. We need to support it in every way so that this beautiful gift of the gospel message can be spread throughout where all of this is heard and that the Holy Spirit will strengthen you all in his love. Have a wonderful day and keep listening to Real Presence Radio.
0: All right, and just before you heard the voice of Father Wilhelm, he's the pastor in Devils Lake, North Dakota. And if you're listening up there in Devils Lake, you're listening on 1370 AM. Uh, Thank you so much for that, and thank you, Father Wilhelm, for your support of Real Presence Radio. This is Steve Sponskowski along with Tom O'Keefe, and we're talking about made-for-greatness ministry. And actually, the background to that made-for-greatness phrase is actually from Pope Benedict XVI, right? Uh, Brad, give us a quick uh, yeah. Quick back, I mean, you'll background. you'll see that
1: sometimes like um, plaques and that sort of thing that they say, uh, "The world offers you comfort, but you are not made for comfort. You are made for greatness." Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, and um, I just I love the story behind it because um, you know I actually had come across an article online by a, a Catholic Scripture scholar who was actually one of my professors at the Augusta Institute for a time. Uh, That had said, I don't think Pope Francis ever actually said, or Pope Benedict ever actually said that, um, because he had looked through his documents, and encyclicals, and so on, and couldn't find any record of this this statement. True though it may be, you know, the world offers you comfort, Uh, and so I kind of I got on a on a little personal mission to to search it out myself, and I did find it that it was right from uh, right after Pope Benedict had been elected Pope, and. He had It was the first time a group of German pilgrims had come to visit, so kind of his native people had come, and he was sharing the story of his election as Pope. And, um, you know, he was dear friends with John Paul II, right? He had celebrated John Paul's funeral mass and had been the prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, which was kind of like the number two guy in the Vatican for decades. And they were kind of like a one-two punch, right, in defending orthodoxy and so on. And so now as an older man, uh, he was thinking, now that John Paul has passed, there'll be a new pope that takes up the mantle, I can kind of retire, fade into the background, do reading and studying and, and a little bit of writing, uh, prayer, live, live sort of a quiet, uh, monastic type of life. And so that was his desire. And then as the conclave was going on, it was becoming more and more evident that he was going to be elected pope. And he recounts how he says to the Lord, Lord, don't do this to me. Um, and as he's kind of groaning about this this impending doom that's coming at him, one of his fellow cardinals is sitting right next to him, and he kind of hears him remark this, and he reminds him of the words that he himself, at the time Joseph Ratzinger, uh, Benedict the Sixteenth, to be Benedict the Sixteenth, had made at the funeral as he's celebrating the funeral mass for John Paul II, where he said he, he exhorted everyone there that if the Lord calls you, be sure to say yes. And so as he was kind of come, hit with his own words, he began reflecting about how, you know, he wants this kind of life of comfort, this life of, of relaxation now after many, many, many years and decades of faithful service. Uh, but he would kind of was remarking about how the world offers you comfort, but we were not made for comfort. We were made for greatness. And so it kind of gave him strength to take up the mantle that was being laid upon him as Pope. So just, I love it. I love the vision of it all.
0: Well, that brings us back to where we left off with the break, uh, again, Luke 5, 8, where after, after seeing the miracle uh, of the fish, uh, being the, the nets being filled as they put out, um, and they're coming back full, Peter falls to his knees and says to the Lord, leave me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. And the Lord says, do not be afraid. Uh, from now on, you'll be catching men. Be, make you, you'll be fishers of men. Um, and we we're talking about how that oftentimes when we, the Lord gives us that invitation to come forth... And we see his goodness, his greatness. Our first response is, I am not worthy. I am not worthy. Um, but he says to us, I will make you worthy. Mm-hmm. I will fill in the gap. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, many of us feeling like a fraud.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, that, I think this is one of, the quiet, one of the most quiet, subtle battles that most of us men, in fact, virtually every man I've known, fights all alone thinking he's the only guy out there that has it. And that's this notion that I'm going to get found out. That people are going to find out that I'm actually a fraud, no matter how effective and efficient I might be, no matter how successful I might be, that sooner or later, you know, everything's going to fall apart. The curtain's going to come down and they're going to see the man behind the curtain and find out how unimpressive he really is. And that there's this notion that I'm going to be seen to be a fraud. Um, And and in many ways, it's a lie from the pit of hell because because it tries to make that our identity. Like the... What we unconscious, and what I would say is the whispering voice of the evil one in our ears, what he tries to tell us is that what you really are, are your failures. But John Paul has countered that, saying you are not the sum of your weaknesses and failures, you are the sum of the Father's love for you. And so, I mean, I've certainly battled with it, and like I said, most every guy I know has kind of had this notion that, you know, sooner or later... I'm going to get found out because there are so many things that I don't really have as much of a hold on as I might appear to. I remember in high school having the thought that if someone actually liked me, they just don't know me well enough. <laughs> it's, just, it's, a, it's a very dark, evil, uh, you know, seduction, I guess, by the evil one.
2: And Josh, you shared a little bit earlier as you were preparing to go to this uh, this leadership summit, how you were feeling. And, and I, I can share with you myself. I've been there myself when I started this, this uh, working with the Made for Greatness Men's Ministry. Uh, that we rank ourselves, and especially in our spiritual life, we have this tendency uh, to, to say that we're a fraud, to say that we're, we're not worthy, that we don't know enough. Uh, say a little bit more about that, Josh, as, as you got through the weekend, and how, how, did, how, did, how, did, how did, did your feelings change?
3: Well, at a local level, when we start that uh, local group, I felt like that, even the first meeting we had, uh, you know, uh, it, we're susceptible to anxiety in today's world, it seems like, at least I am. I know that I have that problem overthink things uh you know think you're not you know doing enough you're not good enough and uh when i realized through my little men's group is that everyone felt the same way everyone had feelings at times of the same thing and one of the members of the group said you know it it's really great that this group started because i had no idea other people were feeling the same way as me Mm -hmm. and as guys we can't share that stuff with each other very easily it's just not something that comes out of us naturally. It doesn't seem like it, at least in my experience. So uh, over time, we've met, you know, a dozen times, and that got very comfortable. So those feelings of, like, being nervous to share with those guys went away. Well, then I had those feelings all over again, because I thought I was, you know, I was ranking everybody, like you just said. I'm going to this higher level, and I'm I'm not worthy of it. You know, I'm not going to do a good job. They're going to see that I don't know things, and I, uh, like I had said, I um, once I got there and uh, got to work with everybody, uh, those feelings went away, uh, because I didn't have time to, to you know, have those anxiety, those feelings of anxiety. I was present. I was present in the in the information. So, uh, that's what I think about it.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of the challenges, at least the biggest challenge in my life. And I feel like this is where Satan's always wants. He wants me to think about the future. He wants me to think about the past. And the Lord's like, but what about right now? The present, living in the present moment. Um, And that for me has been an amazing ocean of peace is just always living in the present moment and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do now? What do you want me to do now? Uh, and, and what do you want me to do now? And what do you want me to do now? Um, it's just, it's been such an ocean of peace and not really, again, that going back to that phrase, I have no time for any other feelings because I'm thinking about right now. Hmm. And very often in life, we, 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 really, we really kind of discount the journey. We look at the goal, right? Start with the end in mind. Well, we don't just start with the end in mind. The only thing we do is have the end in mind, right? As men, it's like, and when I'm done with this project, I'm going to work on the next project. But what about the journey? What about the journey to that goal? Um, And and as as a father raising children, um, it has been so evident to me that that journey is more important, actually, than the end that I had in mind. Mm. Because what happens, actually... Is the learning, the evangelization, the relationship happens during that journey, yeah. and so to focus on the importance of that journey.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a there's a journey as a as a father. There's not only the journey of your your children's you know your sons, your daughters' maturation, right? They're growing in, in their relationship with the Lord and their, their discovery of themselves. There's also a journey of of our own fatherhood, you know, because again, that's an area where we experience our failure so much. Uh, but we see the Lord God still working beautifully and powerfully in that, and and molding us into men that were like, gosh, I, I'm someone that I like being a lot more than I did, you know, ten years ago or something like that. That that the Lord is is continuing to work even in the midst, and oftentimes even through our weaknesses and our failures. Uh, and it, it's just he he's never at rest in terms of of drawing out the good, of bringing about a fruitful um experience of of his his potency his love you know
2: you know as we one of our goals for the, the made for greatness men's ministry as we talked we had thirteen different parishes represented and to try to help the guys go back to their own parishes and and get a, a men's group growing getting a brotherhood going mm. and and josh how how do you see that bearing bearing fruit uh in New Rockford or in your own life
3: well in my life it's yeah it's been a it's been a great benefit to me um like uh, you're Conversation on focusing on you know being present. That's you, there's always something to do. Like if you as a father, you can can always be thinking about the next thing, and you're missing out on what's happening right then. Hmm. Uh, often, I would have feelings of like guilt at the end of the day because I didn't spend enough time with my kids, even though I was with them all day. Hmm. <laughs> but I was constantly planning to do something else, clean, you know, do something else. I I, I just couldn't keep up with it. Um, the, the the men's group, of course put kind of a face that everyone else is dealing with the same things and helps you kind of unpack some of that and organize it in your mind somewhat uh we left the, the summit um all energized for this we went back and i was going to get my men's group started up again right away uh we were, we've met once since then we're going to uh actually read the book that brad recommended to us uh, i believe it's called the beat mm,
1: yeah that's great you're and gonna love it we
3: can't so yeah, we came back energized to do that, and I could see it was working in everyone else, too. There was about eight people sitting at my table, and everyone was making plans. Uh, a couple of guys from a different parish were going to start their own men's group the first time, and they were writing down names of who was going to go. Hmm. And the group that started before me were making plans for their next thing. So uh, this, the summit definitely energized everybody.
0: Awesome. Well, again, Josh Guler from New Rockford, thank you for being with us here this hour and sharing your, uh, your story and for continuing uh, to this journey um, and helping other men journey towards Christ. Uh, it's just an honor to speak with you. So thank you so much.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me and thanks for putting on the summit as well.
0: Absolutely, we'll keep doing it. and Brad Gray, thank you for being here with us hour.
1: It's a privilege and a blessing, guys. Thanks so
0: much. Send you back to the office. You got work to do. I, dude. I gotta get at it. All right. This is Real Presence Live. On the other side of the break, we're gonna to talk to Deacon Vadava about what it is like to be a deacon. We'll be right back.